So please turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 4. How many of you ever have trouble remembering stuff? Anybody? How many of you have ever gotten up from the sofa and forgot why? Anybody? How many of you have ever gotten ready, went out and got in your car and wondered where you were going? Anybody ever done that? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. We forget. We forget. And so today I want to talk about what should we remember at Christmas? We were actually at men's breakfast yesterday, and I had been struggling with the sermon, to be honest with you. And Dwayne made the comment that his father had written in his Bible the word remember. And when he said that, God spoke to me, and he said, this is what you're going to do tomorrow. And I said, okay. And so I redid everything, had to redo it. And so um, I would rather be on God's side than anyone else's. I would rather do what he wants us to do than what I want to do. Because what I want to do doesn't matter. It only matters what God has said and what he wants. And we fall in line with him. We receive and experience the blessings of what God's about. That's how it works. And so we're going to jump into 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 9 through 11. By this, the love of God was manifested in us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and I thank you for what you're up to this morning. And I pray and I ask you to speak to our hearts as we travel through these verses. And Father, it's such a joy to be here to remember what this season is all about. And so we lift these things to you, ask you to speak to your people. I pray that they'll encounter you this morning. And that we may... Place Jesus high and lifted up. And that he might be in his rightful place. Thank you for what you've done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, as we look at what we should remember at Christmas, we're going to be reminded of God's love, God's Son, and God's gift. And so we begin with the love of God. God sent Jesus into the world as a manifestation of of his love. That's why he came. He came to serve us. He came to go to the cross. He came to give us an example. He came to share the words that he shared because of love. Not because of duty. Not because he had to. Not because he wanted to become pleasing to his father. He came because of the love of God. And so <laughs> the love of God caused him to act on our behalf. We have the example of that right here. That's how ministry takes place. Our love for, she, for him should cause us to do the same. And so we have to ask ourselves, when we serve and the things that we do, why are we doing it? What is our motivation for doing that? Is it to rack up points with God? 
Or is it because of what he's already done? Why do we serve? And so the love of God caused him to give us the gift of his son. And the gift of his son, according to this passage, impacts us in three ways. It impacts us so that we can live through him. You see, there is no life apart from him. We think that we can make it or we want to kind of add him to our life so that our life is better. It just doesn't work that way. We find our life in him. We live and move and breathe in Jesus Christ. And apart from him, we can do nothing. We're told that, but we try to do that a lot of times. We try to go and do stuff for him that we want him to bless instead of finding out where his blessings are and participating in it and letting God bring to fruition exactly what he intended from the time when time began. And so here, we're to live through him. We're not to try to build a life that we add him to. We're not to build a life apart from him. And, and the lost world is trying to do that. And they're looking for life. And they're not finding it. They're looking for it in all the wrong places. They're looking for it in self-centeredness. They're looking for it in jobs and in careers and in money and in the stuff of this world and having bigger houses and, and better things. And it has nothing to do with that. That is not life. That is just the stuff and things of this world. And its end is destruction. Because we're, we, were, we learned last week that we're to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt. Anybody have any deferred maintenance on their house? <laughs> Nobody moved a muscle. Yeah, we all have it. We don't want to talk about that now when we're buying Christmas presents, do we? Yeah. We let things go. This world is decaying, folks. This is world is decaying. It's falling apart right before our eyes. But if we go the route that God has placed before us, we know this is part of the gift. This is part of the love of God. It's so that we can live through him. He sent God's love, sent Jesus Christ and impacted us to, because he is the propitiation for our sins. There's one of those big words again. Propitiation. What it means is that he fulfilled what was required by God to forgive us. The debt that we owed, he fulfilled it. That's what propitiation means. He satisfied what God required. And so he did that for us. That was part of the love of God. God looked at us and he said, man, that Mark guy, he's never going to be able to pay it. And if I don't pay it for him, no, then he's never going to make it. And because he loved me and wanted me, and the same for you, insert your name here. That's why Jesus came. That's the impact upon our life. Is that that which I could never do has been done for me because he loves me. That's what the love of God does. But third, it impacts me because it causes me or causes us to love one another. See, here's the law of sowing and reaping. God sowed love to us so that we can love one another. And we go, well, I don't know how to love. Or I don't know, or, I don't know that guy, man. He's kind of hard to love. <laughs> you ever met people like that? That are tough, that it takes a tough love. We give them some tough love. 
But when we understand what God's really done for us, see, I don't think we understand anymore. I think we kind of, we either view God as far off, and if he's close, we're always afraid we're going to mess up and he's going to get us. And that's not how God sees you. He celebrates you. He loves you. He adores you. He wants you close. He said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Put him in his rightful place and everything falls in line. He's not an evil ogre waiting to correct you when you mess up. Because here's the thing. He already knows you're going to mess up at times. He's already taken care of that. So let's get that off the table. Come to me. That's part of the love of God. The love of God overcomes. And so we see. Once you experience God's love, it impacts and the impact it makes, we share it joyfully. We give it away because he's changed us. Not because we have to. Not because, you know, I'm supposed to love. And you better love everybody or God's going to get you. It's not the way it works. When somebody, when you interact with God, it changes you. And love is a natural product of that. And so... Since God's love changes us, because of it, we love others. Let's not forget that at Christmas. Because that's what Christmas was. It was the expression of God's love. Remember. Remember that He loves you. <laughs> you know, we think about God and we think about His Word. How many of us think about the fact that He actually loves us on a regular basis? We hear it, we know it. If I were to ask you, do you know God loves you? We'd all raise our hands. But do we place, do, does our mind meditate on those things? We need to do that. And so we, we, are remember, we remember God's love this Christmas, but we remember his son. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says this. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And so Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that, his, that this is a birthday celebration. Of God's one and only son. You know. It's really hard to have a birthday party. Without the birthday boy. But I wonder how many Christmas mornings. Happen that way. You know it's a race to get all the boxes checked. So we can get to the other boxes. And get them unwrapped. How many of you experienced that. That lull. On Christmas afternoon. You know, we've been through the Christmas thing and we're kind of like, you know, it's kind of, kind of a dead afternoon, right? And it's because all the things we're excited about have been experienced. And I think we've missed it. We need to remember this is about Him. Christmas Wednesday is about, the truth is, every day is about Him. 
Every day is about Him, especially Christmas morning. It's about Jesus Christ. See, we have two choices at Christmas, and they're identified here in these verses. We have the, we can come and worship as the Magi did. We can worship Christ. We can actually let Him be in control, leading the decisions that we make. They saw and heard about Him and went to find Him. They went to worship. They said, we have come to worship Him. That was the choice the Magi made. And, you know, and it wasn't as simple then as getting in your car and driving across the street. This was effort back then. You know, what was a day's journey back then? Now we travel in an hour and we go, man, that's a long way away. I got to drive an hour? They came to worship. They came to him in faith because of what they saw. And they brought gifts to offer him. And the question for us is, will you worship him this Christmas? Or will he be an afterthought or even just quickly dismissed so you can get on to your day? Oh, yeah, we did the thing. We put Jesus, so let's get on. We got that out of the way. Or will he be central on Christmas for you? The other option we have is we can do as Herod did. We can be troubled because of him. As Herod in all Jerusalem was. Just the thought of him troubled them. See, here's the thing. Jesus was a threat to their plans. Jesus was a threat to their plans. And here's the problem. When we're not on his plan, he is a threat to us. Because he's going to mess it up. Because he's not going to bless your plans if it leads you away from it. He had planned for you. He can't do that. So I know that that's not exciting to hear that God could possibly frustrate the plans I want to do. But I will tell you this. He will not let anything stand in the way of what's best for you. Even if it's you or me. Because what he plans for us is what's absolutely the very best thing for us. Now, if you were to plan your whole life out, we have these certain events and these certain things and these periods of time that we picture as part of our life. And when we hit those benchmarks, we kind of feel like, yeah, we're making it. We've got it going. It's all together now. And then when we don't, we ask God, where are you, God? How come you let that happen? Instead of asking him what he's up to, what does he want? What does he care about? What would you do with Jesus this Christmas? I hope that you'll remember him. But then we see the gift. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. One of these verses you're really familiar with. It says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, 
but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And so Jesus was God's gift to us. You know, there's different types of gifts at Christmas, isn't there? Right? We have treasured gifts. Gifts that, oh, this is awesome. I'm so glad. I mean, we think about it and we're excited that we got it. Then, there are necessary gifts, things that we need. Kids would place clothes into this category. <laughs> right, kids? All the kids said, Amen. And all the, the big kids said, Amen. <laughs> There's things we need. We check those boxes off. Then there's the unwanted gifts. You ever been given an unwanted gift? Things that other people thought that we would like or would be good for us. We never wanted them. They were kind of forced on us. These go into the re-gifting box. <laughs> if Jesus is God's gift to us, which category does he fall under for you? Is he a treasured gift? Is he a necessary gift? Or is he an unwanted gift? We have to be careful in how we respond to the gift that God gives. You see, God gifted us his son, eternal life, and grace to be saved. He gifted us all of that Here's the question. Have you unwrapped it? Have we unwrapped the gift of Jesus Christ? Have we discovered what all that means? I'm convinced that most Christians do, do not understand what Jesus does for us in our life. We just think he, he takes our sin and rescues us from hell. And that's as far as it goes. And we never understand the righteousness. We talked about that this morning. How we who are sinners are righteous now. And what we're actually righteous, we are. He makes us righteous. Not just because of his righteousness. He changes us, our essence. He doesn't fake himself out and say, well, they're just positionally right. They're not actually. So you're just positionally saved, not actually saved. That's where that goes. If you believe that. No, he changed you. We're a new creation in Christ. Well, it's just human nature, Pastor. You've got to understand. My Bible says that I'm of a new nature. I have the mind of Christ. I do not have the nature of the world. You do not have the fallen nature leading you. It's the Spirit of God we listen to. Let's unwrap this gift that God gave us. Do you treasure it? Do you just need it? Or is He unwanted in your life at times? Remember to this Christmas God's gift. Remember His gift. Remember His love. 
remember his son, and remember his gift. And so if we're going to do that, if we're going to remember this Christmas, there's a few things that I think will help with that. Don't get caught up in the running around and things of this world and forget why we have Christmas. And the, the advertising and commercials and the blitzing and the sales and, you know, you can go buy this brand new car for no money down. Well, there's a payday someday. You know, there was a time in this country, people are racking <laughs> People are racking up credit card debt beyond what they can pay. And you know who's winning that battle? The credit card companies, because they're making 18% off you. You know, it's funny. We don't scream about that when we scream about God getting his 10%. <laughs> that don't make sense to me. Does that mean, think about that. Anybody ever think about stuff like that? Maybe I just sit around and think about these things. We're, right, we're, we're getting stuff that we don't need, can't afford, can't pay for. You know, there's a time in this country that if you didn't have the cash, you didn't get it. You know, credit cards didn't exist at one time. I think maybe Diners Club. Wasn't that the first one? I'd be interested. Who was the first credit card? That'd be an interesting study. I'm sure somebody out there knows. Where's Tom and Debbie when you need them? <laughs> but why? About us, not about him. And so we're, we're not supposed to be led by the world, folks. We're not supposed to be led by the world. So don't get caught up in that. Don't fall into the trap. And I understand you want to... Because you love somebody, you want to give them something nice. And that is a characteristic of God. But he'll provide you the resources to do that. What else? One, two. Would you ever walk away from, would you ever walk away from a Christmas tree with a present under it, with your name on it, and just leave it wrapped there? Have you ever thought about that? Christmas morning... You go to the tree, you pass the presents out, and whoever's doing that, they hunt the tree, right? To make sure they didn't leave anything. Is there anything else? And if you don't like what, what the, the box is next to you, then you'll check the tree. But how many of us would sit there and look at a present under the tree if we knew our name was on it and not go get it? I think that's exactly what we've done with Jesus Christ. We've been given a gift by God 2,000 years ago. He came as a baby, was born, he lived and died and for us. And we don't unwrap him. It's, it's unthinkable to us in this earthly realm but not unthinkable in the spiritual? Shouldn't it be the other way around? I mean, if we're saved, shouldn't we want to know more? Shouldn't we be drawn into the very presence of God? 
And if you're not, that's a problem. Let's start being honest with ourselves instead of playing church. Because the, the, God's word says that the Holy Spirit draws us. He leads us in the truth, right? And if you're being led, something is drawing you that's leading you to that thing. And if we're being led, we either want it or we are responsive. Because if he's leading us and we ain't going, then he's not leading us, is he? It says he leads. That means there is a response in us toward that. By definition. And the longer we sit on the sideline and dismiss it, we're going to miss out. You say, well, salvation is when I think, I think about heaven. Let me tell you, salvation, <laughs> heaven is a destination. <clears throat> salvation ain't heaven. Salvation is Jesus Christ in your life every day, living, moving, acting, in communication, talking with him, hearing, letting him speak his word into your life, and then going, man, I'm so troubled, and this verse says exactly what you're going through, and you just happen to stumble on. See, that's the life he died to give us. Where we hear somebody's conversation or somebody starts talking to us and we know that God's in the middle of it. That God is speaking. That he's working. That he's using you. That's the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to be interacting. That's part of unwrapping the gift. And so I would encourage everybody to unwrap that. You know, what do we do? Christmas Day, we put stuff together, right? Sometimes we even use the instructions. We try stuff on. We want to see if it fits. We engage it. We engage the presence we get. Have you tried that with him? Have you? I hope so. Can you imagine? Can you imagine giving a gift to somebody and then they just don't ever unwrap it? Wow. Would that be a little insulting? I wonder if we insult him sometimes. Have you ever thought of this stuff? Listen. We ought to be unwrapping. We ought to do that into the new year. Even we need to not stop Christmas Day. Three. Do you remember what it cost in heart and price for the gift He's given us? You ever think about the Father in heaven loving all of us, which only He knows why, <laughs> but loving all of us so much. That he says, man, I've got to give them my son. Now, loving a group of people who were your enemy, who didn't like you, who were opposed to what you stand for. You know, we barely give up our kids for somebody that we like. Let alone somebody who's our enemy. That is never going to happen. 
I may not wish evil on them, but I'm sure not going to give them anything. It could have been God's position, but it wasn't. He gave the very best for us. We need to remember this Christmas. The gift. Remember the heart of God. His love for you. It wasn't just a token. It's not just something we say at church. It's real. This stuff, ladies and gentlemen, is real. It's not just church talk. And if it's just church talk to you, I want to introduce you to somebody. His name is Jesus Christ. Because he loves you genuinely. He's not going to play games with you. He's always going to tell you the truth. Whether you like it or not. Well, I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he hasn't been there for me. And I'm uncertain. I'm afraid to be vulnerable with God. Let me tell you, that is rampant in the church today. And let me tell you where it comes from. It comes from misunderstanding what God's up to in your life. The times that we think God was not there for us is usually when we want him to bless something that we were either doing for him or we think is right when we don't have the whole picture. You know, I love, I've never forgotten the story that Brother Luis shared with me. Said so there was a group of kids riding on their way down to Six Flags in San Antonio. And they passed a McDonald's and they saw the playground outside. You know how they have those? That's to draw you people in there with your kids. You know what that's for, right? It's a hook to cause you to stop and spend money. That's why it's on the outside. And so the kids started. Saying, stop, go back, go back. We want to go to the playground. We want to go to the playground. And they started fighting and they're arguing. And the dad was saying, no, just trust me. Because he was taking them somewhere better. And they were upset and disappointed in him because of what they saw. But he saw the bigger picture. And that's what's going on here. We do the same thing. We're grumpy and complaining with God and I'm here. It's not fear. Where is God? You know what? Why don't you ask that before you put your plan in place? Ask where God is. And then let's join him and get going with what he has for us. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, there's a world out there that's dying without hope. And the church has fallen silent because we're afraid of them calling us bigots or haters. And you know what? That's a ploy of the enemy to put that in their mind to shut us up so they don't hear the gospel. And it's time to say enough to the, to the plans of the enemy and tell them the truth and love them in a tangible way where they see that it's real. And we tell them about how they can know him and walk with him. But we got to be doing it too. Otherwise, what are we going to give away? I'll tell you what, we better be sharing Christ. We better be out there um, loving people and ministering to them. And you know what? It don't matter if they go to this church. We're not here to build a church. We're here to be in love with Jesus. And he said, I will build my... Have you ever wondered why there's so much 
books and junk on church growth. When that's his job, if we would just do our job, then he would be free to do his job. But when we try to do it, do you think he's going to bless that? Just do your job. But pastor, what about the passage that says we're to go and we're to compel them to come into the house of the Lord? You know how we compel them? We don't compel them by arm twisting, by threatening, by offering the latest toy and gadget, by wowing them with presentations. You know, if you're wowed with a presentation, we've missed the mark. We're supposed to be wowed by the God of heaven and earth. What happened to that wow? What happened to that in the presence of God? What happened to being in a place where the spirit of God falls that's relying on nothing but him? Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, do not be boiled alive by this world. Unwrap the gift. Remember why we're here. Remember what our calling is. We are called to set them free. There are people who are burned out, who are hurting, who have not found freedom in Christ. That he said, if I set you free, you're free indeed. They're exhausted and they need a place to go. And yes, we do need to come to church to encourage each other in the loving good works. That's the joy. That's the fun part. When you show up, you encourage me just by being here. Then I get to talk to you, and that's even better. And we share heart in what God and the Spirit of God's doing in the moment. And that's how it works. Don't forget what it cost God to give you the gift. Don't forget. It cost Him everything. You know, there was a reading this story this week uh, there's these two guys named Freddie and John and they were fortunate to have season tickets to watch this is over in the UK the Chelsea soccer team you know over there soccer is gaining here but over there it's big and they had these season tickets to go see that and they couldn't help but to notice that there was always a spare seat at B14 to them they had a friend and so they had a friend love to buy them season tickets or buy their tickets, especially if they could all be together. And so one halftime, Freddie went to the uh, ticket office and asked if they could buy the ticket for B14. And the ticket, they looked it up and they said, oh, we're sorry, that ticket's been sold. But the seat remained open. The game they were playing the day after Christmas, to their surprise, Somebody was in that seat. And so curiosity overwhelmed Freddie. So he went over there and he said, you've had this seat all season. We haven't seen you until now. What has happened? Where have you been? And he said, my wife bought me season tickets back in July. I didn't get to open it until yesterday. So he had the tickets, they had the tickets, but he didn't know about it. 
And I think that that's where we are with Christ. We have the, we have the gift, but we don't know about it. And it's time to unwrap it. It's time to unwrap it, folks. This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble, I don't care. This today is not your service for God. Your service for God is every breath you take. It's everything we do. It's when we're out there in the world. This is the encouragement time. This is the strengthening time, the ministry to the body time as we go to the work time. And so don't leave your Christmas present unwrapped this year. Let's explore Christ. Let's explore what it means to know Him. Let's explore what He did for us when He saved us. Let's explore who He is. Let's explore who He is in us. Let's find out. Let's explore who He is when we're in an uncomfortable situation. And we'll let Him lead us through it. Remember, this Christmas, remember Jesus Christ. I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes.